0: Welcome to the Fasting for Life podcast. My name is Dr. Scott Wadier, and I am here, as always, with my good friend and colleague, Tommy Welling. Good afternoon to you, sir. Hey, Scott, how are you? Doing fantastic today, my friend. Excited for today's episode. We are going to be able to litter the title of this episode with a lot of key words in the diet, weight loss, and fasting world. So, (laughs) SEO, hold on to your shorts. Here we go. (laughs) I love this study, and when we first looked at it i wasn't very excited about it and we're gonna unpack that in just a second so i'm gonna just gonna put a little bit of excitement in. what the heck are they going to talk about today into today's episode i want to welcome all the fasting for life family out there for you long-term listeners thank you for continuing to listen continuing to show up yeah and to continue the conversation about long-term weight loss and health results through the tried and true art of fasting if you're new to the podcast welcome to you as well. If you want to know a little bit more about our stories and how we ended up here and how Tommy lost his weight and what my journey looked like, you can go back to the first couple of episodes, episode zero and episode one, take a listen, 20 to 30 minutes, you'll have a full picture of why we started the Fasting for Life podcast, Fasting Mm -hmm. for Life, lifestyle, challenges, coaching, all of that stuff has come from our own journey, as well as now being able to help countless others get results they have not been able to obtain previously. So Tommy, with the welcomes out of the way, we love and appreciate each one of you listening, Mm -hmm. continuing to rate, review, subscribe, follow us. uh, That tells the uh, podcast gods that we are doing something right and providing value. And in today's episode, I hope we can continue to do the same, Tommy. So I'm going to launch us into today's conversation with the research article title this came out of 2022 so it's recent it's a bmc journal publication in the journal of endocrine disorders and it says the effect of periodic ketogenic diet on newly diagnosed overweight or obese patients with type 2 diabetes mm. Dun okay dun, dun. Yeah, first that's, that's... i was like ah ketogenic diet i don't really want to <laughs> just talk just about the ketogenic diet well guess what right If you're a keto zealot or you love it and you live it and it's gotten results for you, or if you're from that all the way through vegetarian to low carb (laughs) to high protein to anything, you'd be carnivore, whole 30, whatever it is. Yeah. Today's conversation is going to be impactful, especially if you're concerned about blood sugar issues, weight loss resistance, and especially like they mentioned in the title being overweight, obese, and having that increased risk of diabetes, which we know is not very well managed in the standard medical practice. So I appreciate, Tommy, the fact that you dove in and were like, wait a minute, hold on. We need to talk about this because it really kind of smacks you in the face on a few of the reasons and things that we can do today to get out of our own way, so to speak, and get the results Mm. that we've truly been looking for.
1: Yeah, that can be tough to get out of our own way sometimes. So For us to have a plan to do that can be a really, really powerful thing. And, you know, what started to strike me just in the title of this one was the fact that ketogenic diet, it probably took me probably 15 years of dieting, you know, before I stumbled upon and actually tried a ketogenic diet at all. And and it wasn't highly effective for me either. You know, it turns out I can go back and, you know, looking through a, Time machine, I can, you know, see what I was doing wrong at the time, but I didn't understand it, you know, at the time. But it turns out that there's a lot of power in the ketogenic diet. But at the same time, we see a lot of issues too. Like it can be hard to stick to. It can be frustrating for a lot of people. You can see different numbers move around, like the scale might be moving in the right direction. But then again, I might be concerned with all the saturated fat that I'm taking in. And what about the blood work numbers that are already off? Am I making those worse? And I can kind of feel like I'm painting myself into a corner of it.
0: And then you add in the complexity of the diabetes recommended diet compared to, let's say, something that's more yeah. niche or off the beaten path like keto. I had a similar experience with keto. It was great short term, got some good results, but it was not sustainable long term, especially when the rest of my family didn't eat that way. Yes. But then you add in the calorie counting and the macro tracking and all of that stuff. And you get to a point where you're like, wait a minute. I just can't eat a stick of butter every day right? right for a yeah. lot of people. It's like fat bombs. And fat like eventually bombs, yeah. you're like, wait a minute, hold on here. So yeah, the cool thing about this is the periodic nature, right? Let's frame it out and then we'll share the actual results, which the way they word it, Tommy, I want to make sure you said it to me earlier when we were prepping for today's episode. Like they made it seem like it was not a big deal or that the results were similar in the two groups. Yeah. And that is, could not be farther from the truth. So
1: it's hilarious. Yeah,
0: it is. It's like, wait a minute. And then that when you share that with, I was like, I'm in, we're doing this. Let's go, let's go right now. We don't need to prep. Let's just do it. Right. right. So right. excited about it because there were 60 patients and there were two groups, right? There was the ketogenic diet group. And we'll give us some parameters here in just a second. And then there was the diabetes diet control group. Okay. Yeah. And that is more of the routine diet for diabetics, right? Stabilizing the blood sugar with small meals, carbohydrates intake, et cetera, especially if you're newly taking medication, yeah. you know, metformins and all of those types keep of things. It, keep it all steady. Keep right? it steady, right? Yeah. Yep. So the ketogenic diet group, the main foods for the diet were olive oil, butter, fried eggs, double fried pork, pan fried salmon, another form of Pacific fish, sardines, broccoli, avocado, and so on. So all of the higher fat, lower carbohydrate foods, right? Yeah. And the rich foods, right? The savory stuff and the limitations were carbohydrate. So this isn't like really strict keto because you can get like five to 10 carbs being super strict keto. But the limitations here for the macro breakdown was carbohydrate, 30 to 50 grams a day, 60 grams of protein. And we'll come back to that low and 130 grams of fat. And the total calories were about 1,500 plus or minus 50, right? Okay, yeah. And the control group, the diabetes diet group, the foods were not limited, right? So they had whatever they wanted to eat. Daily limits for the ingredients, though, from a macro standpoint was 250 to 280 grams of carbohydrates, the same 60 grams of protein, and only 20 grams of fat. Again, the calories were equated at about 1500 plus or minus 50. So each subject should also drink more than 2000 milliliters of water. And this was a 12 week intervention. So at the end, fasting blood glucose, height, weight, waist circumference, body mass index, HbA1c, uric acid, total cholesterol, LDL, HDL, triglycerides, right? Mm. They were all tracked fasting insulin, And they were recorded and two cool things. Well, first of all, the outcomes, the way they worded it is the first thing that really stood out to us. But then the second thing was the poll on whether or not after we go through the results on whether or not people were willing to stick with this. There was a higher attrition rate just in the 12 weeks. Right.
1: Yeah. From the keto
0: patients and the keto people. And it was just crazy to me. When you look at the results, that like we need to talk through this because applying this type of periodic cycling, like we talk about fast cycling, where we vary our fasting windows to make it sustainable. The same thing here, varying your food choices or your dietary choices, we like to call it your lifestyle choices, low carb, high protein, low fat, whatever it is that you prefer. You know, like we say, whole 30, paleo, carnivore, whatever it is, fasting can apply to all of them. Cycling through. And using ketogenic diet in this type of approach is going to be extremely powerful once we kind of talk through these numbers.
1: Yeah. And this is kind of cool because personally, I've always kind of labeled myself as perfectionistic, have some black and white white tendencies, right? As kind of my default, like either I'm on or I'm off, like there's no like middle ground. And the problem on a weight loss journey is that can really lead to some behaviors that don't really gain momentum. You know, it, it can be hard to Get sustainable results over time and then it can be like long periods of no progress or backsliding because i like turned everything off you know because that's like the getting up at four or five a.m and then like all the habits like you know start but as soon as one of them falls by the wayside then everything kind of crumbles underneath it and when we're talking about periodically using something like a ketogenic diet or anything else being strategic about the periodic nature of it can almost be a little counterintuitive like i would have shied away from this during most of my fat loss years because i didn't like the idea of like carb cycling or any sort of real cycling because it all just felt sort of like intangible just like it almost felt silly to me i guess but When we look at the results and compare those to the actual sustainability of it like this, and we go, okay, we're looking at a 12-week intervention, and the results are staggering here with what we can do in 12 weeks, and we see that people start to drop off as it gets later on versus the diabetic diet group, which was really easy to comply with, probably because of the, the lack of restrictions, right? Just the number of carbohydrates becomes very easy to comply with. So nobody really felt like they needed to drop off of the diet when it came in later. But what if we were using this strategically, like every six or eight weeks, we did a version of this cycle right here to get the results and cycle through that intentionally. That could be a really super effective way to actually move the needle over time. So this is an
0: audio medium, even though we're on Zoom, right? So we can see one another. I'm shaking my head because... The stickiness of this. Right. So when you look at the numbers of when they asked the question, number of people willing to stick with it in the short term versus number of people willing to stick with it in the long term. Yeah. And the number of people who couldn't stick with it at all. Didn't make it to the end. Right. Didn't even make it to the end. Right. That was a very small number. There were six in one group and one in the other group. Right. So we're not talking about a lot of people that couldn't make it. But yeah. When we look at the long term, right? So number of people willing to stick with the ketogenic diet in the short term was 64%, but only 17% were willing to stick with it in the long term. Mm. Okay. Now for the, I can eat whatever I want. I can have 280 grams of carbs every stinking day. By the way, that sounds incredible. Wait, (laughs) I can, wait, my diet is to eat 280 grams of carbohydrates a day? Yeah. Like with no restriction? Wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah. Just,
1: Stop. just the calories, right? Just the Stop the calories. Truck.
0: Just yeah. make sure my macros are there. 60 grams of protein, 20 grams of fat. Yep. I can eat all the low fat stuff, the sugary stuff. So I can have this many carbohydrates. You're telling me that this is going to get me results? Yeah. No wonder <laughs> why 80% of the people in that group are like, yeah, I can do this. Yeah.
1: Great. No problem.
0: Sure. Right. Sign me up. Well, here's yeah. the problem is that the results... When we look at them, it's staggering to me that they would answer the question that way after seeing the difference in results, right? And I don't know if they ever presented the results of both groups, right? Yeah. But the reality here is is that the results were so staggering like in such a short period of time, the discrepancy between the two groups, that if you would have showed this to me years ago before fasting, right? When I was literally ordering carbolin, which is a single carbohydrate molecule that is yeah. fast absorbing that is from the waxy maize family yeah. that literally just like i was drinking that yeah. daily oh, because extract. i couldn't yeah. eat enough sweet potatoes and potatoes and brown rice because i just felt so full and uncomfortable all the time yeah. when my macros to hit were your macros me, right yeah to yeah. hit my macros and You know, I always put on weight when we did that and then I would work out and I would gain more muscle mass and I would still have more insulin resistance and more fatigue and brain fog and blood pressure elevation and triglyceride issues and all that. So it wasn't working. My point is we've done an episode on this, too, looking at the long term sustainability of low carbohydrate results for diabetics. And at the 18 to two year mark, the weight comes back plus some. And then we also know we talked about the research article where. They looked at as you get leaner and have less visceral adiposity and less fat between your organs and less white fat versus the brown fat, which is the good stuff. Yeah, You actually need more carbohydrates. And we're not saying go eat, you know, refined processed GMO corn or like wheat or the processed refined stuff. But I'm saying like natural sources of carbohydrates, like in your vegetables and starchy veggies and foods and sweet, those types of things, right? Like, that should be okay. Like, if we're talking about balance and sustainability here, the crazy thing is, is that for you and me, black and white, black and white, on and and off, right? (laughs) Got to do ketogenic diet. If I get the results on keto, I got to do it for the rest of my life. Well, the reality is with these results here, Tommy, and I want you to unpack them, is that it's mind-blowing in that we should be using the periodic cyclic approach to this, which I wish I would have known back in the day. So I want this for all of you. If you're new to fasting, a diabetic, you're a pre-diabetic, if it runs in your family, the reason we talk about this stuff is because we know that blood sugar, as we go through the thirties, forties, fifties, sixties, the blood sugar issues lurk beneath the surface. And then all of a sudden, boom, one day you're pre-diabetic and the lab numbers have been ticking up. And we know that overweight and obesity increases the morbidity and mortality for cardiovascular disease cerebrovascular diseases cancers huge expenses that come along with these conditions not just here in the u.s but worldwide so if we have tools that don't require management through poor dietary recommendations and i say poor because the results do not come up you don't get results doing it this way yeah you just don't especially in this control group so tommy let's go over the results and we'll unpack it from there
1: yeah, absolutely. We'll just start at the top. For waist circumference, we're looking at a difference in the diabetic group. And like almost all of these had a quote unquote statistically significant change, whether it was the diabetic diet group or the ketogenic diet group. But that does not explain the magnitude of the change, which is staggering. Basically, all of these categories. And so like the diabetic group having a less than one centimeter difference in their waist circumference over 12 weeks and the ketogenic diet group having a nine centimeter difference. So a delta of eight between the two groups
0: just in waist circumference. And we know waist circumference waist-to-height ratio, all of that is a strong indicator yes. of insulin resistance and, di- and blood sugar, diabetes-related yeah. issues, never mind morbidity and mortality and visceral adiposity,
1: or, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So that's
0: just one. That's just waist <laughs> circumference. Okay, keep yeah. going.
1: Talk about the needle moving here on the scale. You had an over 8-kilogram difference in the ketogenic diet group. It lost over 8 kilograms. So you're talking about 16, 17-plus yeah. pounds. pounds there. Yeah. And then like about a little over half a kilogram in the diabetic diet group. So still, quote unquote, statistically significant, but a huge difference there.
0: So one pound?
1: Yeah, yeah. One, maybe 1.3, something like that. Over 12 weeks, yeah.
0: Okay. Wait, I want to keep eating this way because I enjoy it and it's easy and I get to eat whatever I want. As long as it fits the breakdown and I get 1,500
1: Fifteen plus or minus
0: whatever calories. Cool. So, But the results are terrible.
1: Yeah. Easy to stick to, you know, like for a reason. Right. Okay, keep going. No, well, okay. So just real quick, when I used to track just calories, but not macros, I had no target for my macros. If I wanted to just shave off like 500 calories a day to bring myself to that quote unquote, like safe, healthy, one pound a week kind of weight loss range, then I would shave off the 500 calories and I'd probably end up somewhere around 15 to 1700 calories with no macro breakdown. So if it was my default and I wanted to fit in the foods that I really enjoyed, the snacky kind of stuff, the more indulgent stuff, I would end up with a macro breakdown that looked pretty close to this. And if I went back and tracked my results over 12 weeks, they probably would have been very underwhelming just like these. So like, yeah, I get it. Look at this! So the Look BMI,
0: the HbA1c, the fasting blood glucose—I mean, all of these—dramatically better in the ketogenic group. Hey, y'all! I wanted to take a second and tell you just an incredible story about an amazing company that we've come across recently, um, and now they are a sponsor of our show. It's AirDoctorPro.com. You can head to the website, use a promo code uh, "Fasting for Life" to receive up to three hundred dollars off. But most importantly. Uh, My little guy, my two year old, has not slept consistently through the night uh, since he was born. We have tried everything you can imagine. He is our third child, and we're just like, what is happening? So we have gone to great lengths, time, money, and effort to figure out um, how we can help him sleep. And uh, the reality is, uh, we're pretty much just resigned to the fact that this is how it's going to be until we put the air doctor pro in his room. And I am not joking. When I tell you the first night that we put in his room, he slept through the night. The second night slept through the night. Now we're up to 35 plus days that he has slept through the night. He has only woken up two times rather than two, three times a night, two times in the last 35 days and counting. And we are just so incredibly grateful. The reality is uh, we had a feeling that it was something that we were missing. And the indoor air that we breathe is two to five times more polluted than outdoor air these days. In some cases, up to a hundred times more. We spend 90% of our time indoors and we take 20,000 breaths a day. So what's the solution? An air purifier, a cut above the rest. I'm not gonna lie. We have tried others. We've tried other HEPA filters. We've tried other air filters. We have spent the money and they have not done the results that Air Doctor did in literally the first day that we put it in his room they filter out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants. That includes pollutants such as allergens, pollen, pet dander, dust mite, mold spores, and even bacteria and viruses. So I don't know what it was that was keeping them up, but it is now gone. So Air Doctor comes with a 30-day Breathe Easy money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, send it back for a refund minus shipping. Head to airdoctorpro.com. Use promo code FASTINGFORLIFE life to receive up to $300 off air purifiers. An exclusive listener... Um, offer for you as well. You'll receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. That's exclusive to you, the podcast listener, now hearing this in real time. Lock this special offer by going to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code FASTING4LIFE. You guys know that we are very particular with who we partner with. And if it wasn't for this incredible company and the incredible results that we've seen, I would not be encouraging you to head to the website and take advantage of the Fasting for Life promo code. So if you support our sponsors, you are ultimately supporting us. We are grateful for you listening in. And now back to today's episode.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like BMI was almost a three-point drop in the ketogenic group versus less than a half a, a point in the diabetic diet. A1C, almost a full percentage point drop in the ketogenic diet and like 0.2, 0.3% drop in the diabetic diet. Fasting blood glucose went down, what, probably 20% almost versus about 6 or 7%. So just staggering differences here, like all down the line. It's crazy. So let's go to
0: the fasting insulin. Okay. It was cut wow. in half half in the ketogenic group and it dropped weeks three points it dropped 48 points on average in the ketogenic group it dropped three points in the diabetic group
1: yeah so times as effective ketogenic diet
0: times ldl down comparable results hdl up where you know 0.03 in the diabetic group right? and uh, 1.3 in the uh, ketogenic group approximately, right? So it's like, is that right? Did I do my math right there? Yeah, okay. So triglycerides down, total cholesterol down. The only one that was not favorable for the ketogenic diet was uric acid. So you gout listeners, you gout folks out there, this is the warning. It's still doable, but there's a warning in here. We did an entire episode on gout and uric acid levels as well.
1: It was actually about a 20% increase in the uric acid for the ketogenic group, and it remained flat or just dropped like 1% in the diabetic diet group. So I think that's to be expected too. I think a lot of people suffering with gout have probably seen that when they bring in more on the ketogenic side or they bring in those like fattier cuts of meat and stuff. Like just anecdotally, you hear a lot of flare ups, you know, kind of coming from things like that. Right.
0: Yeah. And it's manageable, though. So in the long term, by using fasting interventions, your gout and your uric acid numbers will go down. Yeah. So you may not be able to do the same duration or periodic cycling with the ketogenic diet that somebody else would do that doesn't have a history of gout. Right. Yeah. But there are certain things you can do with fasting to actually help insulate you from that. So you may not do a 12 week study, right? Where 20% of the people were like, "Nah, I don't really want to stick with this. Hold on. Yeah. You don't want to stick with this for, let's say if we shorten that time frame to eight weeks yeah. and the attrition went down and now nine out of 10 people will stick to it. Yeah. You're telling me that you won't do that every few months to get the end result that you've been looking for, struggling with. And maybe yeah. you're on the spinning merry-go-round of death when it comes to the blood sugar issues. And yeah. you just keep going in and having the same conversations and trying to make a lifestyle overhaul. And, you know, you're worried about adding medications and maybe your dose has gone up or the doc's starting to talk to you about insulin and things like that.
1: Yeah. scary. Stuff.
0: Or maybe you're not even there yet and your HA1C has just crept up into the mid fives and you're going, uh-oh man, I'm tired. My blood pressure is up. My cholesterol is a little bit off. I got a little few extra pounds in the midsection, 15, 20, 30 pounds. And it's just, you just can't get traction with it. This is an absolute safe place to start. And if you just go back and listen to those numbers, right, you're going to be follow exactly what they did in this study and your results should be the same. And that's incredibly powerful. And it's not often that you see studies like this that show such a statistically significant change, but then the delta between the two groups. Yeah. I mean, I can't remember another study that showed such a big gap.
1: Yeah, true. Good point. Which is why it was like, whoa, am I looking at these numbers right? Because this is staggering between these two groups. Because usually research studies are designed around certain hypotheses. It's oftentimes... Fairly well predicted which way this is going to go before we sink all of the time and energy and focus and money into actually producing, you know, a, a well thought out research study like this. So I don't know to what level the researchers were were surprised about these results, but I certainly am because the idea that I could take this information and even if I wanted to start off smaller, but you know, like you said, putting this in for eight weeks, or what if it was even just four weeks and just dip your toes in, see how it goes. And then go back to whatever I was doing before to maintain the results and go like, okay, let me just take a breath for a second. And then I can kind of go about, you know, my more normal style of eating. And then I can come back to this. Maybe I'll do four weeks on four weeks off, come back to it, see what the scale does, see how I feel, see what my blood work looks like. This is an incredibly powerful method right here.
0: And the cool thing about the ketogenic diet too, is that when you're eating the more higher fat fatty foods like the avocado oils and the healthy avocados and healthy oils and yeah you know fattier cut of meats and things you actually will be more satiated so I, one thing in this i would like to see is that i mean obviously this was the study but i would always want to get a little bit more protein in right especially okay, yeah. perimenopause premenopause menopause like as the muscle mass starts to decrease because of uh, the hormone yeah, changes we want yeah. to make sure that we're getting enough protein so between the protein increase and the satiety and then the ketogenic foods, you typically will see a really big improvement in your hunger and your cravings. Cravings, So combine that with fasting, which stacks the deck and puts you in a deficit the easiest way possible, right? You don't have to track, you don't have to count, but really just starting following those ketogenic type meals, they're gonna be moving you in this direction and it might just be the jump start, the plateau break, the momentum shift, the excitement build, whatever it is that really yeah. just gets the ball rolling or continues the momentum for you. So Tommy, I want to invite everybody into the Fasting for Life community group that we have on yeah. Facebook. Yeah. And in there we're going to go and pin under the files tab. We're going to put there our ketogenic recipe pack. So okay. we have a bunch of recipes that are fasting for life approved. One of the questions we got used to get all the time was, well, what do I eat? Well, what do you wanna eat? Okay, well, I just wanna eat crap. Okay, well, you can't do that. Okay, let's meet in the (laughs) middle. Let's put together some structure, right? But we're creatures of habit. My mom's eating the same breakfast for the same 50 years. And I'm like, do you ever change? Nope, same breakfast every day. And I'm like, no. Okay, so we're creatures of habit. We eat the same foods. So if you are looking for that jumpstart, come to the group, Join the group. It's a community group, incredible people, people that are on the same fasting for life journey that you are. And yeah. the only invitation, the only way you get to that group is typically when we mention it on the podcast, or unless you yeah. just search for fasting randomly and you find us. Right. Uh, but it's a super cool group, awesome moderators. We're in there answering questions, giving you support. So I think everybody should come grab that recipe pack and then also kind of join. A place where you can get the support that you're looking for on this fasting and weight loss journey
1: yeah that's gonna be cool and plus here's the other thing we get to take what we just talked about in this episode and take it and supercharge it because we take these 1500 calories this ketogenic formula right here that we can see in black and white what it did for so many people and then go take that and put it within a time-restricted feeding container we start putting fasting in with this same recipe here then now we have the ability to drop the insulin even lower, jumpstart the results, and, and start the rebalancing act, the rebalancing process that's happening physiologically and psychologically to some extent as well, getting off of the diet roller coaster, and then on to the actual like fast track to new results. It's incredible.
0: Yeah, and in the conclusions, they even say, but long-term persistence is difficult. Okay, great. Good. Great. Grand. Wonderful. Okay. Got it. I'm going to do this for a little bit. I'm going to go over here. I'm going to try this. I'm going to go over here and try this. Yes. The good news is is that when you see the scale move and you're feeling better, that is what builds momentum. That is what builds the excitement. Just like when we looked at the data and we went, whoa, okay, now I'm pumped. Like we got to go share this. So this went right up the list of like, what are we going (laughs) to record next? Boom. This is what we're going to talk about. Come join us in the community group, come get our recipe pack, come join the conversation. The Fasting for Life family is an incredible place. The first two rules of fasting do not apply. All we do is talk (laughs) about fasting 24-7. Ask our wives, ask our friends, (laughs) ask our family members. They know. Well, now they know not to know. They don't even want to ask anymore. They just see, they look at the results and go, hey, I should be doing that too. And then the questions start to creep in. So come on Mm -hmm. with us. Join us on the journey, Tommy. Super pumped about this episode. Thank you for the yeah, conversation, sir. And uh, we'll see you inside the group and we'll talk soon.
1: Cool. Thank you. Bye. So, you've heard today's episode and you may be wondering where do I start? Head on over to thefastingforlife.com and sign up for our newsletter where you'll receive fasting tips and strategies to maximize results and fit fasting into your day to
0: day life. While you're there, download your free fast start guide to get started today. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to leave us a five-star review, and we'll be back next week with another episode of Fasting for Life.